this is the BBC coming out as a full-on extension of state power because, correct me if I'm wrong, but has a media outlet ever in the past actually threatened a target with legal action? You're listening to The Corbett Report. Welcome, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com. And today, as we record this conversation, it is currently Friday, the 16th of October, 2020. This conversation won't be released for a few days, so any developments that have taken place in the meantime before this is posted will not be taken into consideration during the course of this conversation, but that probably won't affect too much. Having said that, we are going to be talking about a very topical subject today with our guest, Vanessa Bealey, who longtime listeners of The Corbett Report will no doubt remember from interview 1342, where we talked about the White Helmets and exposed what the White Helmet uh, propaganda construct was really all about and what they uh, what they were seeking to do. Now, Again, if you if you don't really remember that conversation or if you kind of remember it, I would highly suggest this would be a good time to go back and re-familiarize yourself with that material. There's a lot of information that, uh, that Vanessa Bealey has been collecting and writing and reporting from the ground in Syria on this subject over the years. And uh, that did help to inform my own documentary on the subject, The White Helmets Are a Propaganda Construct, released in February of 2018 at corporatereport.com slash whitehelmets. She has also, of course, been addressing the Duma hoax, which you will remember from episode 368 of the Corporate Report podcast, the Duma hoax, anatomy of a false flag. Again, there's a lot of very important and interesting information she's been reporting. So I am pleased to announce today we're talking to her on the occasion of her accepting the Pulitzer Prize for her award-winning journalist. Oh, no, maybe not. No, actually, (laughs) it's another mainstream smear attempt that's going to attempt to, uh, well denigrate her work and try to drag it through the mud. So let's see what she has to say about that. Vanessa Bealey, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks. And thanks very much for having me on again, James. It's good to be back. Um, Yeah, I mean, just really what's happened is in the last few months, the BBC, um, Chloe Hajimatio has been um, contacting me regarding a series that they're going to release on Radio 4 starting in November, a 10-week series apparently on James LeMessurier of Mayday Rescue. Of course, James LeMessurier died in suspicious circumstances, deemed to be suicide, um, in Istanbul in November 2019. I have written um, a number of articles about his mysterious death and the mysterious media response to his death also, of course, which was quite extraordinary at the time. Um, of course, since then, uh, he's been effectively exposed as having been embezzling money from the organization, money which in theory was being given to him by various governments working to secure a regime change in Syria, um, money that was supposed to be siphoned to an alleged humanitarian organization, the White Helmet. Um, and basically he was pocketing it and paying for his wedding and, and various other items with this money. This was admitted by James Missouri himself just prior to his death. Um, and so the BBC contacted me and over a period of time we had a series of email and Facebook message conversations 
Um, ultimately, I, just, I declined their offer to appear on the program because it was clear that it was um, effectively a trap to, to discredit me, to smear me, to, you know, direct, let's say, court proceedings <laughs> um, away from the White Helmets and towards myself and other people who, because Eva has also, Eva Bartlett has also received an email, and Peter Ford, former UK ambassadors to Syria, um, their working group on Syria propaganda and media, who of course have been instrumental in um, releasing the information on the OPCW, etc. Um, and so uh, it's clear that what this is is a, is a sort of retrospective, posthumous damage limitation exercise by the BBC, and again to try and resurrect. Um, the white helmet construct as a humanitarian construct, not as a propaganda construct, basically um, staging events to justify unlawful military intervention by the US coalition, as they did in the Duma alleged chemical attack, April 2018. Um, and so basically it culminated in an email that I received a few days ago from Chloe, which read like a sort of Stasi charge sheet. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, really, it was insane. And I mean, there's nothing new in it, nothing new. I mean, it's basically a rehash of all the previous smears from Huffington Post, The Times, The Guardian, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, but what was interesting for me and for Whitney Webb, who I immediately sent it to, was the final statement, which was, Basically, I'm going to paraphrase, we've been speaking to um, a lawyer who informs us that under international humanitarian law, the fact that you have described the White Helmets as a legitimate target for Syrian and Russian military um, may make you liable to prosecution under humanitarian law because I'm considered, because I spend time with Syrian ministers, because apparently I've told them they must go and bomb the White Helmets, um, I'm potentially liable to legal action, right? I mean, this is an extraordinary one. Of course, it's psychological warfare. It's an attempt to intimidate me, one. But two, this is the BBC coming out as a full-on extension of state power because, correct me if I'm wrong, but has a media outlet ever in the past actually threatened a target with legal action? I I you would know, love I mean, to give you the uh, the citation on that. I don't know if I can think of that, but but let's put it in the proper context for people who are interested in this email that you received and all the points. You did produce this in a Twitter thread that I'll link up so people can go and read through. And as you say, it reads as a essentially a charge sheet of uh, you know when did you stop beating your wife type of statements. You you promote the story of the war in Syria in which the Syrian and Russian states are victims of a huge Western conspiracy involving the White Helmets and James Lemessurier. Uh, that you were an established anti-establishment activist who has devoted a lot of your time over the last few years to the idea that James LeMessurier was a secret service agent running a fake group of rescue workers in Syria that you contribute to and spread conspiracy theories. <laughs> ah! A conspiracy theorist! Get her! Get her! <laughs> Including coronavirus! They even get coronavirus! Exactly right. As I say, I'll let people read it through it. I mean, it's just yeah. a huge charge sheet of nonsense. But as you say, there is that one very specific 
seeming threat, uh, one lawyer who we have spoken to tells us that someone who spends time with Syrian ministers and who is publicly calling for humanitarian workers to be bombed may be liable to face charges of aiding and abetting, inciting, or conspiring to commit a crime under international law. So they are accusing you of being a conspirator. Doesn't that make them conspiracy theorists? What evidence do they have for their crazy conspiracy theory? Okay, so let's break this down. I mean, what... Yeah. Let's break this down. So so first of all, let's address this idea that uh, the, I guess the principle upon which they are operating is uh, uh, that anyone who opines about what is or is not a legitimate target in a war zone, anyone under any circumstance is thereby liable to international law prosecution? No, of course, that couldn't possibly be the case. So is it in your capacity as a reporter, reporting about actual things about the White Helmets group that that belies the fact that they are not a humanitarian organization, as they claim? Or is it because they are alleging that you are directing the Syrian government about who and where to bomb? (laughs) I, I cannot parse exactly what principle they are saying here, but of course they leave it vague enough that you will hopefully indict yeah. yourself with your answer, right, Vanessa? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the extraordinary thing, I mean, I have consistently stood by um, this statement that I've made, actually, in a number of articles, and I have um, tweeted it out, that when uh, an alleged humanitarian group supplies, um, is using a U.S. State Department-backed surveillance system, HALA systems, to provide information to al-Qaeda of incoming Syrian and Russian flights, one. Two, they are embedded with al-Qaeda and other linked extremist and and savage groups inside Syria. Um, Three, they have been involved and they filmed themselves executing civilians and Syrian army prisoners of war. Um, There is a raft of of civilian testimony accusing them of child abduction, of organ trafficking, of torture, of imprisonment, of uh, sectarian crimes. They've been filmed calling for the burning and extermination of um, uh, ethnic minorities inside Syria. This is not a humanitarian group. And, and let's look at the fact that in urban warfare, if they embed with al-Qaeda in occupied hospitals that have been converted into Sharia courts and, and prison and detention centers, torture chambers, etc., which I visited myself on the ground, or bomb factories, or munitions uh, warehouses, then of course they make themselves a legitimate target. Let's not forget that the U.S. pulverized Raqqa on this basis that ISIS were occupying hospitals, that ISIS were occupying civilian residences, that ISIS were occupying schools and entire areas of Raqqa that led them to use heavier artillery than they used in the entire Vietnam War against Raqqa. But when America does it, it's okay, right? When it's illegally inside a sovereign nation's territory and it's illegally militarily engaging with proxies that it is funding and financing inside Syria, it's okay. But when uh, the Syrian government and the Syrian army and its allies, its legally invited allies, are effectively trying to clear its country of this terrorist invasion and terrorist occupation, it's illegal. 
that's the context. And, you know, I stand by my, my description that, of course, they, because they make themselves a legitimate target. So They're not being held hostage, James. They, they, they leave every single liberation area. They leave with the armed groups. They don't stay behind. They move with the armed groups. So, uh, so you, you deny that you were actively conspiring with the Syrian government to plot out their bombing raids? <laughs> As you say, do you... <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is the slightly comical thing, you know, yeah, of course, you know, a single white woman, an obscure blogger, as they love to call me, a non-journalist, you know, they, they, they love to denigrate me and to say I'm kind of nothing. But then suddenly, but yeah, but she's influencing the Syrian government, she's influencing the Russian government to bomb 3,000 volunteers inside Syria. I mean, you know, they, they kind of need to make their mind up at some point. Well, as people may or may not know, obviously, there's a lot of new people who have uh, turned in and tuned on to the uh, the alternative media in the past several months who may not know any of this backstory about the White Helmets and Le Miseria. So how how would you introduce this, this uh, vast array? I mean, we will link up with some of the articles you've written. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've written and reported a lot on this, but how would you summarize the, the key findings of what you found about this organization? Well, look, I mean, there was a recent, a recent um, release of um, UK government foreign office uh, documents. Um, they were released by the, the same anonymous that released the Integrity Initiative documents last year. Um, what those documents did uh, and do is to confirm the fact that the British government in particular has been involved in an intelligence operation to destabilize Syria and to promote and, and um, protect um, the extremist armed groups of whatever um, moniker they've been given or whatever rebrand. Now, in 2013, um, some of those groups that were effectively being funded by the British government to carry out these operations, these intelligence operations, shadow state operations, created a group called the White Helmets, which was incubated in Turkey and Jordan, not inside Syria. It was set up by James from Syria, a former British military intelligence officer um, that has been confirmed by The Guardian. It's confirmed by his uh, track record, by his career path. Um, and effectively, this organization was deliberately embedded with uh, the armed groups, including Al-Qaeda and ISIS, in order to, if you like, give them some sort of humanitarian protection for the crimes they were committing against the Syrian people. And to provide, and this is made very clear, by the way, in UK amnesty, UK government, Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch documents, that the White Helmets are essential to provide evidence to corroborate the narratives that Amnesty International Human Rights Watch and the UK Foreign Office are producing. So bizarre wording, this UK government document um, is available uh, in a number of my articles. I have it if anybody needs it. But it basically states that, yes, the white helmets are essential and they are among the top providers of evidence to corroborate effectively UK foreign policy in Syria, which is regime change. So they've been very brazen about the fact that this organization is there to document war crimes. But funnily enough, it never documents the war crimes of Al-Qaeda, even though it's embedded with them. <laughs> this organization is there to provide complete bias against the Syrian government 
uh, and its allies as regards the documentation of war crimes. As recently shown in Duma, it's also there to uh, present uh, the alleged chemical weapon attacks. We know now that it's very likely that the White Helmets were involved in the murder of the children that were used um, to stage uh, those now discredited hospital scenes in Duma. Um, we know that James Lemazurier was effectively asked by the OPCW to provide witnesses from among the White Helmets. So, so for um, to, to provide evidence um, against the Syrian government. So we know now that there's this massive propaganda loop, right, with all these old school buddies. I mean, you know, one thing the BBC documentary has thrown up is that an old school friend of James Missouri, Harry Wynne-Williams, who was with Bell Pottinger from 2006 onwards. Of course, we know Bell Pottinger was paid around 500 million by the Pentagon to produce propaganda embedded. It's a British PR firm embedded with US military in Iraq to produce misleading propaganda on behalf of uh, the American neocolonial project there. So, you know, when we start to look deeper and deeper into this and we peel back the layers, of course, what we see is this incredible propaganda, this incredible nexus of propaganda that has been employed to, to, to destabilize Syria, um, to enable savage economic sanctions against the Syrian people, to enable resource theft, including um, water by Turkey, including um, oil theft, of course, by the U.S., um, via its proxies, both ISIS and um, the SDF, the Syrian Democratic Forces. So the White Helmets have fundamentally, from 2013 onwards, been responsible for enabling and maintaining and manufacturing consent for military adventurism in Syria. Now, this raises an interesting question, because I know that the international uh, Red Cross and Red Crescent societies and their emblems are protected under international law via the Geneva Conventions, which do not mention oh. the White Helmets, obviously. Uh, what no. w- what would be the basis? Is there any international law that you are aware of that pertains to the White Helmets specifically? Well, I mean, you know, the claim is they're a humanitarian group, but as you know, the International Civil Defense Organization in Geneva um, told me uh, in a phone call, in a recorded phone call, um, that they only recognized the real Syria civil defense, which was established in 1953 inside Syria and is the only recognized civil defense organization inside Syria, operating inside Syria. Um, the Red Cross and Red Crescent, of course, are international organizations with local volunteers and officers. Um, and as such, for sure, they come under the the, the Geneva Convention protection. Um <clears throat> Um, but it, I also have to say, I mean, even the head of the Syrian Arab Red Crescent in Aleppo informed me when I interviewed him, I think around two years ago, that it was a well-known fact with Syrian Arab Red Crescent volunteers who were entering the occupied areas during, before liberation, that the White Helmets were working with the terrorists, that they were being heavily funded by um, hostile governments abroad, um, and that they didn't consider them to be humanitarian organizations. You know, the, the fact is that the BBC has not entered what I call free Syria, real free Syria. 
it's it's working basically as far as I can figure out. The majority of Chloe's interviews have been done in Gaziantep in Turkey, which is the MI6 and, and CIA headquarters, basically, in Turkey. It's um, known as the Jihadi Express. It's the area that ISIS gather before they enter Syria via the Turkish border, as reported, of course, by Serena Shim in 2014, um, an incredibly brave U.S. citizen and a journalist who was very probably murdered by Turkey for the information she was releasing and has never been investigated, of course, by the U.S. So, again, I, I would exhort people to actually read the charges charges that are being offered in this email <laughs> correspondence with this BBC producer because it, it it really does underline the point. Not None of this, not a single point they are raising pertains to the specific evidence that you are raising and that you have reported on the ground for years in actual reporting with actual interviews on the ground, actually doing legwork. None of that pertains to these accusations that are being thrown out there. Oh, well, you're you're a Russian agent. You're a conspiracy theorist, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So that that in and of itself is telling. It, it tells you something about the extent to which this is really about getting to the truth of the issues versus smearing you in any way possible. Um, one wonders... If they've, say, reached out to John Pilger with a similar accusation, you said the White Helmets are a pop propaganda construct, which would mean they're not a humanitarian organization, which would make them subject to bombing. Therefore, you have publicly called for these people to be killed. Therefore, you should be charged under international law. I wonder if John Pilger has received an email like that. Or Stephen Kinzer, who uh, congratulated the White Helmets, uh, the Al-Qaeda, on receiving the... Uh, Oscar for their uh, White Helmet propaganda piece. I wonder if Stephen Kinzer gets that kind of email, or is it just obscure bloggers like Vanessa Beely and Eva Bartlett? I wonder if they'll even talk about a Pilger or a Kinzer or anyone else like that who has raised questions along these lines. Probably not. Um, which, again, should be revealing in spades. So, uh, Vanessa, what are your plans as this series is being prepared to be dropped from the heavens upon your head? What are your plans uh, to counteract what's uh, happening right now? Well, I think we're doing it right now. I mean, we're basically attacking attacking back. Um, so my plans, obviously, are start to, which I'm doing now, is to start to research the actual producer of the program. What the program will do, and, and I'm, you know, I see that as a tremendous positive. Of course, what it's going to do is to bring... Um, let's say many of the agents of destabilization out of the shadows and into the limelight. I mean, for example, they let slip about Harry Wynne Williams the other day. Now that's a name that hasn't really come up in, in public debate. All right. So I'm hopeful that actually the BBC is going to provide us with a huge amount more research <laughs> and analysis, which will, let's say, concretize our opinions over the White Helmets. Um, and work against the BBC. I mean, I actually think that, that this program is pretty suicidal for the BBC. Public consensus um, is very much on the side of those that have exposed the White Helmets. Um, BBC credibility and popularity is taking a serious nosedive um, in the UK, particularly in relation to its coronavirus um, reporting. And also, I need to make the point that um, clearly what we're seeing here is after the you know, unlawful incarceration and kangaroo trial of Julian Assange, a journalist who, of course, has spent his lifetime exposing US-UK war crimes, um, are we seeing the empowerment and emboldenment of state media outfits like the BBC to issue uh, such threats? I mean, Craig Murray, a former diplomat who's reporting on the Assange trial, 
uh, is now being held up for contempt of court. The Lord Advocate in Scotland is telling him that there is a chance now that if he tweets something out and somebody responds with hate speech or a threat, then basically Craig Murray can be held responsible for this because he doesn't hide the tweet. I mean, this is extraordinary. As I said, you know, while the MI5 is, is effectively explicitly permitted now for the first time in British history to commit crimes to carry out its its business um, of, of, you know, catching those really dangerous people that they never catch that carry out the terrorist attacks inside um, the UK. Um, you know, independent journalists and dissidents and activists and former diplomats and academics that dare to buck the trend and speak out about the, the dreadful power grab that's going on, about the hybrid war that's being waged now against their own populations through this whole COVID um, hoax, uh, are going to be liable to some kind of prosecution and, and neo-McCarthyism. Neo I mean, it's 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 a trend, you know, it's not about me, it's not about any of us, but it's about the trend, it's about the fact they can come for you, and as you said, they can come for, for Kinza, they can come for Pilger, they can come for anyone now, right? And, and setting and the precedent, is, certainly. What, yeah. yeah. And any journalist who isn't speaking up about this, then clearly either doesn't understand what's going on or is complicit in what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I, it's such an important point that I, I think we should underline. Don't let the media gaslight you here in that, oh, you know, it's just a few fringe, crazy, crazy quacks who believe this crazy conspiracy theory nonsense about what's happening in Syria. No, trust the BBC. No one trusts the BBC. Have you ever talked to people these days? Everyone understands they are being lied to. It's becoming more and more blatant. They are clinging on to whatever institutional power they have over the minds of the easily duped. But that is waning. And people are starting to see this for what it is. It is an information war that is taking place right now. And thankfully, for the past couple of decades, the people in the dinosaur media didn't take that very seriously. Oh, there's, there's some people on the internet. Uh, who listens to them? Yeah. them whatever. But <laughs> now that they are taking it seriously, we're going to see what that looks like. And this is just another uh, front on that uh, full-scale assault that is happening in the information yeah, exactly. war right now. And it's an important one. And I, and I think, you know, I really want to thank yourself and many others who stepped up to the plate to support and to put this message out and to, um, you know, hold the BBC to account. Because if we're talking conspiracy theories, they've pr been producing them for years. Let's mention, you know, uh, Benghazi, Libya, their weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, um, Maduro in Venezuela. I, I mean, the list is endless. While their government is one of the biggest suppliers of weaponry and fuel um, to Saudi Arabian aviation to massacre and, and to carry out a genocide in Yemen. Absolutely. You know? So, uh, it, it's you know, staggering. we're here to hold power. Yeah. It, is, it is staggering it, it is the amount staggering. of bloodshed um, that is on the hands of these media accomplices of these various wars that then turn around and accuse people of expo who are exposing these uh, lies as the, the real enemies. It's, it's insane, and I don't think many people are going to fall for it. So, in conclusion, Vanessa, I think I just have one more question for you. Why don't you just tell the Syrian government uh, to bomb the BBC? I mean, you're clearly in charge of their <laughs> their military war plans, right? Or I, 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 actually, yeah, do, do you drop the sarin canisters from the helicopters or, or do you leave that to the, the Syrian Air Force to do? I jest. I shouldn't well, jest you know, because... I, I, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's... it's well, actually, you know, I've met with... Um, 
uh, informally with Lee Stussat, who of course is the Middle East, one of the Middle East correspondents for the BBC. Mm. And I also have to make the point that when I asked her directly, I said, you know, why is the BBC not investigating the White Helmets? Her reply was was a classic. She basically said, well, it's too controversial and polarizing. I was like, for who? You know, I mean, this was a political response. So I think what is very clear um, and, and what's becoming clearer and clearer is the BBC is an extension of power. It's an extension of state and intelligence power in the UK. Um, it has always been so. If people have not seen John Pilger's documentary, The War You Don't See, please watch it because this is a damning indictment on the BBC's role in you know, the massacre of the Iraqi people um, on the back of the weapons of mass destruction, dodgy dossier. And now in Syria, we have the chemical weapons, dodgy dossier, supported and endorsed and promoted and pushed by the BBC. Yes. Such such an obvious parallel that you can almost, how could you fail to make it? And yet... Uh, They want to distract the public. Well, okay, we will leave this conversation here today and obviously follow up with any developments. In the meantime, people who want to get up to speed with this, I will obviously, as I say, link that Twitter thread that you have with all of the points and the the email that has been made. But uh, what's the best place for people to go to find your actual reporting? Um, They can go to my Patreon um, or they can go to Whitney Webb's Unlimited Hangout, to The Last American Vagabond, to Mint Press, to RT all the usual suspects, and of course, to my Twitter. All right, excellent. Well, we will direct people there. They will be in the show notes for today's conversation. Vanessa Bealy, thank you for your time. Thank you.